The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning. We're going to be in John. So if you want to look with me at John chapter 15, we're going to start by reading and uh, just to kind of introduce as we have every Sunday, you know, the book of John ends by saying that these things, meaning the things in the book of John were written that uh, we might know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we might have life in his name. And uh, so this is just an incredible book uh, about how we can have real life in Jesus and we can have that because the eternal God moved into our neighborhood. He, he, he became a human being, and so he lived among us. And so it doesn't matter who we are, um, how we were raised, what our belief system is. Our God came uh, to relate to each one of us and offer us incredible life. And so we're going to see that again in uh, probably one of the most familiar passages in John. Um, So if you want to follow with me, I'll start reading. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. Um, You know, we're from apple country, so if you're not from Napa, California, and you've never seen a grapevine, you can say, I am the true tree, if that helps you, okay? We're going to talk about apple trees today, since that makes more sense to us than grapes. So Jesus said, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. Some other translations say abide in me. It might be what you're familiar with. Remain in me, Jesus said, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Uh, 
That's a little glimpse of Jesus is giving them of what's to come for him. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Jesus is talking a lot about love since verse chapter 13. Pretty important. So let me pray that God would just uh, teach us through his word. And Father, I do ask that, that you would, through your Holy Spirit, open our ears, open our eyes um, to a passage that to a lot of us might be really familiar and we think we got it. I pray that your Holy Spirit would even open our hearts in a fresh way, our eyes in a fresh way to see so that we're individuals that, like it says here, remain are remaining in Jesus. So we give this time to you. Amen. So I'm going to start by reading a song. I might break out and singing. I don't know. but no. This is a song that um, was a lot. It's probably one of my favorite kids' songs. Um, how many of you have heard of If I Were a Butterfly? All right, all right. You want to sing it? No. Yes. yes. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a kid's song um, imagining if, if we were different animals, okay? But in the midst of it, it has incredible truth about understanding our identity, okay? So just listen. Um, this is from Salty. If you've ever listened to Salty, the singing songbook. If I were a butterfly... I'd thank you, Lord, for giving me wings. And if I were a robin in a tree, I'd thank you, Lord, that I could sing. And if I were a fish in the sea, I'd wiggle my tail and I'd giggle with glee. You want to all do that? (laughs) But I just thank you, Father, for making me me. Isn't that good? Because you gave me a heart and you gave me a smile and you gave me Jesus and you made me your child. And I just thank you, Father, for making me me. That's good, good truth there, isn't it? If I were an elephant, I'd thank you, Lord, by raising my trunk. There's also motions that go with this, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm too insecure for that, okay? <laughs> if I were a kangaroo, I'd just hop right up to you. And if I were an octopus, I'd thank you, Lord, for my good looks. Uh, Where are we? But I just thank you, Father, for making me me. Because you gave me a heart, and you gave me a smile, and you gave me Jesus, and you made me your child. And I just thank you, Father, for making me me. You know, if we could get anything from this morning, just if we could get that simple truth, (laughs) it'd be pretty incredible. One more, if I were a wiggly worm, I'm thankful I'm not, <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd thank you, Lord, that I could squirm. 
And if I were a crocodile, I'd thank you, Lord, for my big smile. <laughs> and if I were a fuzzy wuzzy bear, this works better if you have a beard, I'd thank you, Lord, for my fuzzy wuzzy hair. Give me another month and I'll start growing my winter beard. But I just thank you, Father, for making me me. Because you gave me a heart and you gave me a smile. <laughs> and you gave, we got the choir down here. <clears throat> you gave me Jesus and you made me your child. And I just thank you, Father, for making me me. That's good stuff, huh? You know, the sad thing is, though, I mean, well, first of all, that's, that's what it is to be a kid, right? You imagine things. I mean, we've all imagined being a, a teacher or a doctor or a nurse or a, or a bird or a puppy. Um, that's what our grandkids do. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, something happens, right? We start growing up and getting serious about life. When our kids were young, um, maybe a couple years ago, <laughs> we, we played something, man, it was like almost every night of the week, called Foxes and Wolves. I was going to say Lions and Tigers, but I was informed that it was Foxes and Wolves. And what we did is uh, myself and our, and our kids would line up we would face off with each other, usually myself and one or two kids and the other kids, and we would pretend we were foxes and wolves and see who could drag the others across the line into their lair and eat them. Yeah, it was pretty violent. <laughs> None of you played stuff like that? <laughs> Probably played, played princes and princesses, I suppose. But unfortunately... We grow up, we lose our imaginations, and uh, life becomes serious. Uh, Or worse, we continue to act or imagine, and we might not even know we're doing it. Maybe some of you are acting this way. It could have happened this morning where somebody said, how are you? And you said, I'm fine. Right? That's kind of imagining, right? You're not fine. You're just acting. Good thespian role you're playing. Um, or maybe maybe you're really good at putting on the happy, right? <laughs> the happy role. Um, and really inside, you're just not happy at all. Um, I think some of us, uh, some of these, they could be called masks that we're pretty good at wearing, uh, how many of you put on the important mask, you know, or the busy mask, or the, this is what I did growing up, I know you're going to have a hard time believing it, I, I was really good at playing the silly mask, yeah, it was great, it, you know, as long as you could keep joking, uh, people thought everything was great, but it was just a cover-up a lot of times, um, Well, today that changes. We're all going to this morning, in a very real way, pretend that we're trees, okay? Or or tree branches, to be real. So what we're going to do is we're all going to stand up and we're going to wave our hand. No, we don't have to do that, okay? (laughs) 
I hate it when preachers ask me to do that, so <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, but it is what Jesus asks us to imagine this morning. And so we're not going to do it, but, but we're going to put on our, our best horticulturist hats. I had to look that up to make sure I spelled it right or pronounced it right. And, and imagine that we're tree branches because this is, a, Jesus says, I am the true, we're going to say tree, and his father's the gardener, and the whole passage is about us being branches. And the beautiful thing about this passage is if we really get what Jesus is saying, like, like as I said, we come to the end of the, the book and it says these things were written, you might, might have life. And this is an incredible passage that if we get it, releases us to really experience Jesus' life as it flows through him, this tree into us as branches and frees us and releases us to really live. There's a question that I'm going to ask and we're going to answer this morning, hopefully as we look at these, this passage. And this is the question. Why do we often not experience the life that Jesus promises us? Okay, Why do we often not experience the life that Jesus promises us. And so the big idea, that I think the point of this passage is that experiencing the life Jesus promises only happens as we're remaining in Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about as it's repeated over and over. To, to make it simple, experiencing Jesus means remaining in Jesus. Experiencing Jesus means remaining in Jesus. So, what does that mean and how does it happen? So to start with, I want you to imagine, well, you don't even have to imagine you're a tree right now, okay? Um, but in our backyard, we have two huge apple trees. They're big, they're old. Uh, one's a Red Delicious and one's a Northern Spy. Probably a lot of you have heard of Red Delicious. None of you have heard of Northern Spy. The northern spy tree, especially this year, is just loaded. It's just loaded with trees. Well, most of apples, and most of them are on the ground now. Um, but they make great applesauce, which I don't do. My wife does. Um, I want you to imagine that these two trees now, it's the beginning of the fall. They haven't, nothing's fallen yet, and they're just loaded with beautiful oranges, there's some avocados. Uh, we even have cherries and sometimes blackberries and, and raspberries grow from these trees. You people are like really way too serious, okay? That's not true. I just lied, okay? And they do not produce that. <laughs> they have apples, okay? You were... You were <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Apples, apple trees, apple, and, and as we're going to proceed, I think what we're going to find out is if, if we think about this passage in light of how we think about trees, it's going to help us to see 
how simple this is and how complex we make experiencing Jesus' life and how if we get this illustration that Jesus is giving, really how simple he has made it for us to experience his life. Um, So there's three things. There's just three things that we're going to see from this passage uh, if you're taking notes. The first one is that no fruit means something's wrong. Okay? If you're looking at an apple tree and there's no fruit on that apple, there's no apples, it means something's wrong, okay? Um, Jesus starts off really heavy here. In verse 2, he says, the Father cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's because apple tree branches are supposed to bear apples. Now, why don't they bear apples? Um, if we think about a regular tree, it, it's easy for us to see if we walk outside right now, um, deciduous trees, meaning trees that have leaves, most of them don't have leaves anymore, right? Why is that? It's, it's fall. Um, if you want to be really in, you know, sophisticated, you say autumn. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I always say fall. The... Uh, But it's because the sap isn't running through the tree, right? Unfortunately, we also have in our front yard, we have a beautiful Japanese red maple tree. It's probably one of the most beautiful Japanese red maple trees outside of Japan. Um, (laughs) Really. (laughs) We we were told one time that it might have been worth $20,000. It's huge and it's beautiful. There's a problem with it, though. If you come during the year, there are now several branches that don't have these beautiful red leaves on them. They're dead. They're dead. They don't bear leaves. Uh, If a tree branch doesn't have leaves and it doesn't have fruit, something's wrong. It's it's dead. Uh, In John 13... We're going to just to go back to when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet in verse 10. As Jesus, uh, as Peter said, don't just wash my feet, but but my everything. Jesus answered, listen, he says, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean. And he's talking to his disciples. He says, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said everyone, not everyone, was clean. And we're, we're going to see that in verse 3. He says, you are already clean, as he's talking to his disciples, as Judas has left, because Judas wasn't clean. You notice it says, he cuts off every branch in me, and it can almost be in me. But I think there's a couple kind of branches that Jesus is referring to here and we can see them on on our apple tree. One, if there's no fruit, there's no leaves in a branch, it shows it's dead. There's something wrong to where the sap isn't flowing through. And even though that branch is connected to the apple tree, it's not, it's almost like somebody coming to church every Sunday and and we, we all look the same. We all sit here and we all, you know, sing the songs and, and listen 
politely to the message. And, and it looks like we're all in it. But, but I think this is a direct reference to Judah. He was cut off because there was no fruit. He, he was really a dead branch. He was connected to the tree, but there was no sap flowing through it. Um, the other kind is, I'd say, not a, just a dead branch, but a deceptive branch. You know, on our apple tree, we have some branches that are deceptive, and they're called suckers. You know, familiar with a sucker? They're obvious on our apple tree because they just go straight up, okay? They just go straight up, and they... It's like some sap is flowing through, but there's not really the the life of the apple tree isn't really in those suckers because they have leaves, but they never bear fruit. Suckers don't bear fruit. All they do is suck the life out of the tree. And so if you don't cut them off, he cuts over every branch in me that bears no fruit. All they're going to do is drain life from the tree. And so just a a quick question. I, I just want you to... It says, are, are you a dead branch? I mean, maybe are you somebody that just, that maybe for years or weeks or months, you know, you, you, you come to church, but are you really clean? Are you really clean? Are, are you someone that Jesus is, you've, you've hoped in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for you to wash away your sins, to cleanse you? In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, our, our sinfulness, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you here this morning? Are you clean? Man, just being here isn't what makes you something, a child of God, like, like that little kid song we sang. It's, it's, it's being his, his child. Um, are you a dead branch? Are you here, but you're, there's not Jesus' life in you? And, and, and maybe you're even trying to do good works and do good things so it looks like you're a Christian. You're kind of like a sucker where, where there's not really the life of Jesus in you, so there's no fruit. I, I just want you to think about that this morning. What, what is it that, if you look down, to verse 6. This is important. It says, if you do not remain in me, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples who are clean, who are his. He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch. You're not a branch. You're like a branch that is thrown away. And whether it's like one of those branches he's referring to in verse 2, you're like one of those branches, the branches that are dead or, or they're suckers and they're thrown away and they wither and, and all they're good for is to be thrown into the fire because they're, they're not good for anything. There's no life, there's no fruit. That's one of the, one of the sobering things that we need to consider. It, it's not that we're dead or we're, we're these deceptive branches. We really are his, we're his kids. But there's, there's no fruit, so we're, we're like those branches. And as we, we move through this passage, that's what we don't want to be. We want to say, I don't want to be like one of those branches. I want to be a branch in which the life of Jesus is just flowing through me uh, like an apple tree. Um, The question 
I want to I want to ask. Um, no fruit means something is wrong. It's what is keeping you from bearing fruit. I want you to be thinking about that as we move forward. Um, I, you know, I looked up, up a horticultural website to see what are the things that keeps branches from bearing fruit. It was, it was actually, it's, it's interesting. There's five things. Just listen to these. It says one is if a tree doesn't receive enough moisture after transplanting, it can die. Isn't that interesting? No moisture. Um, Jesus is called the living water. Are you drinking deep from him? Number two, it says, if someone piled extra soil on top of the roots, the tree's root system, the dirt could deprive the roots of their oxygen supply, leading to dying branches. The first thing that came to my mind was how often the busyness of life and the cares of this world can weigh us down. And keep the life of Jesus from just flowing through us. Number three, it says weather conditions can result in tree problems. For example, an early freeze, a late freeze, or drought conditions can result in dying leaves and branches on some trees. And as we're going to read in Psalm 1 here, you know, the environment around us, uh, it can affect whether or not we bear fruit. Uh, who we associate with, where we go, what we do, the wrong environment. Number four, if there is disease or insect damage to the trees, obviously it affects the branches bearing fruit. If there's sin in our lives. Verse number five, the tree's soil may not have the necessary nutrients for survival. If we're not getting the spiritual nutrition we need, um, we're not going to experience the fruitfulness that we should. Let's look at Psalm 1 here for a sec. This is, this is a great passage. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, meditates, but he just ponders it, rummages it around, memorizing it, thinking about it. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. See, it doesn't mean we have to be these, you know, Christians cranking out fruit all the time, right? I, I really like this where it says in season. Um, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers because we're, we're these branches that are attached to this tree, Jesus, and his life is flowing through us as we're drinking deep from him. We're bearing fruit as his life flows through us. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. What is keeping you from, from bearing fruit? fruit. Number two, going back to John, number two, fruitfulness happens when the sap is flowing from the trees to the branches, okay? That's, fruitfulness happens when the sap is flowing. As we come to John here, it's 
the key word is, obviously it's remain. remain. We see it all at verse four. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It's repeated over and over again. Remain, remain, remain. Uh, as, I was, as I was going through the passage, it, it burdened me because I think some of us, it's almost like, Per- perpetual fall in our lives, isn't it? We're, we're like the branches that are dead or they're like suckers. There's, there's n- the life of the apple tree isn't producing apples in them because something's wrong. And some of us, our lives are the same way. It's like perpetual fall in our lives. There's just no fruitfulness happening. And according to this is because the sap isn't flowing. The life of Jesus isn't throbbing through us, Christian fruitfulness happens. I just jotted this phrase down. When the life of Jesus is flowing in and through us. When the life of Jesus is flowing in and through us. How does that happen? Well, there's some things that it talks about here. One is it says, if you're clean, right? If we're in relationship with Jesus, if we've trusted in his in his sacrifice to to cleanse us from our sins. Uh, Verse 2 says another thing that needs to be happening. It says, while every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Uh, There's a pruning that needs to take place if there's a fruitfulness that needs to take place. In Hebrews, it says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. There's a pruning. Um, As we keep reading, notice verse 5, it says, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, we're we're like those branches. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. That's another thing that needs to happen. We need to be those who are, have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We need to be those who are, who are willing for the discipline of the, the pruning of the Lord to, to refine us. And we need to be people whose his words remain in us. His words remain in us. Are, are you a person of the book? You think, man, why isn't the life of Jesus flowing through me? Because his words aren't in you. Um, in Colossians, I love the phrase where it says th- that his, his word richly dwells within us. Does his word, is it, are you in his word? And is it, it's not just information, it's not just cranking out reading, but, it's, but, but they're living words and, and they just, they're rich. And you're pondering them, you're thinking about them and you're, you're loving them, you're delighting in them. His word richly dwells within you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Verse 9, please. Notice, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. That gives us another, what does it mean to to remain in him, it means to remain in his love. That's what I love about this little song. 
It says, you gave me a heart, you gave me a smile, you gave me Jesus and you made me your child and I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. Remaining in Jesus means that we're, we're just, we know we're loved. And we're reveling in the fact that we're his and we're his kids and he loves us. He just loves us. See, this isn't a, a really a heavy theological thing that we got to figure out here. We just got to know that we're his kids. And we're, we're just, we're settled in that. And, and we, we love his word because his, Lord, his word reveals him to us and his love to us. And, and we just, we, we rest in that. Now remain in my love. How many of us are just soaking in his love? Or are we just constantly struggling with, man, does he really love us? And am I loved? We're loved. Verse 10, it says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. This is another part. It says, if we want to remain in his love as his life and his love flows in us, it's got to flow out of us. And that's where the the leaves and the fruit come as the sap of the tree, it flows into the branches, it flows out of the branches, it produces beautiful foliage and as it produces fruit. And if we want to remain in his love, then we've got it. That has to overflow into us, keeping his commands. And his commands, he repeats twice, verse 12 and verse 17, what he wants us to really get. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And verse 17, this is my command, love each other. Um, That's simply what it means. You know, as as our apple tree... um, is healthy. Uh, we've had, our apple tree has had disease. It's had all, you know, apple blight. I mean, we've had, but when it's healthy and the sap is flowing through, it's getting the nutrition that it needs. And the sap is flowing through the trees. We get the most incredible apples. Apples. <laughs> um, one of the questions I've heard so many times is, well, what does it mean to be fruitful? Well, if you ask an apple tree that, what does it mean to be fruitful? It says to produce apples, right? I mean, we, we, we complicate this. What does it mean to be fruitful? It means to, to live and love like Jesus. It's not like, well, is it the fruit of the Spirit? Well, yeah, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus showed the fruit of the Spirit. Is it, is it people coming to Christ? Is it people's life? It's, it's all of that. It's it's. What did Jesus look like? As Jesus' life is flowing through us, what are we going to produce? We're going to produce Jesus, his life, his love. So fruitfulness happens when the sap is flowing through the tree and when, when we're remaining in his love and his words are remaining in us, his love and his life is going to flow through us and people are going to see Jesus. The third thing is, the first, no fruit means something's wrong. If, if there's no fruit in your life, something's wrong. You're like a dead branch. Number two, fruitfulness happens when the sap 
is flowing from the tree to the branches when the love and life of Jesus is flowing as his words are in us and, and we're resting in his love. Third, fruitfulness is the point. It's the whole point of this passage. I expect that our red delicious tree is going to produce apples. Now, there is such a thing called ornamental trees, right? We had an ornamental plum tree when I was growing up, and it irritated me. I kept, you know, parents said it's a plum tree, but it never had plums because it wasn't supposed to have plums. That's not us. We're supposed to be fruitful. (laughs) And as the love and the life of Jesus flows through us as we remain in his love, as we revel in his love and his words are richly dwelling in us, fruitfulness will happen. It's the point. We aren't just for good looks, right? Okay. I'm not saying you don't look good. And the point is that the love and the life of Jesus would flow through us. If we can go back to the first passage, some of the incredible things that we see here, um, starting at verse 7, notice it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's one of the outcomes That's of remaining in his love and his words remaining in it. It says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory. Fruitfulness glorifies God that we bear much fruit and we will show ourselves to truly be his disciples. We won't have to tell people, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. They'll be able to tell. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you think an apple tree is excited not to have apples? Okay. It probably doesn't know, but... But it says, this is, this is where our joy is full. It's when we're when the love and the life of Jesus is flowing through us and people are seeing and experiencing the love and the life of Jesus, that's where joy is at. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. If we remain in him and in his love and therefore love others, We're his friends. Notice, I no longer call you servants. A servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And we can put the word instead of friends there, we can put the word confidants. Confidants of the Lord of the universe to where he just, he shares with us everything that the father has shared with him. Confident. Isn't that incredible that we can be confidants of Christ? Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So it's not something we can lose because it's not something we chose. He chose us. 
and appointed us that we might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. This isn't just some passing, you know, Christian phenomenon that's here one day and gone the next day, but it's, it's going to be fruit that will last. And again, it repeats, so that whatever you ask in, my fa- in the name of the Father, he will give you. Isn't that incredible? That's the fruitfulness and the relationship that it means for us to remain in Jesus. I just want you to think of that, the, the tree thing as we close here again. I, I, again, I, I believe we just complicate this. I complicate this. I make it really hard thinking about, oh man, what do I got to do and what does it mean? You know, an apple tree, if the sap is flowing through the tree into the branches, it bears fruit. Apples. And if the love and the life of Jesus is flowing through us, we're just, we're remaining in his love. We're, we're, we're enjoying him. We're, we're, we're remembering who we are as his kids. He's what he's made us to be. And, and his word is dwelling in us then the love and the life of Jesus is going to be flowing through us and people are going to be experiencing Jesus when they come in contact with us unless something's wrong, right? Unless we talked about, unless something's wrong, unless like in Psalm 1, we're hanging out out with the wrong people because we want to be around them and and how they're talking and and what they're doing. That'll keep a, a branch from bearing fruit. If we're not taking in the spiritual nutrition or getting the living water or if there's sin in our lives, then we're not going to be loving and living like Jesus because his life isn't coming into our branches. Something's hindering it. And do you want to experience the love and the life of Jesus? I Just remain in him. Remain in his love and let his words remain in you. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for complicating things. Instead of just being people that just want your word to be in us and, and us to just be soaking you up and delighting in you and, and eating you up and allowing your love and life to flow through us. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us to deal with what needs to be done if there's things that are blocking the life of Jesus from flowing through us, preventing his love from grabbing our hearts because some other love has grabbed our hearts. Oh, Father, open our eyes that that Jesus' life would be our life and we'd be individuals that people then see Jesus' life. Thank you. Amen.